Hello and welcome to the seminar room. I am uh, happily greeted here today with my lovely bearded co-host Tony and we have a special guest today. We have Emily joining us and she has some stuff to talk to us today. Uh, Emily, what do you have to say? For that's, us today? that's Dr. Emily Cyberling. Dr. Emily Cyberling. So, thanks. You can call me Emily in this context. <laughs> ah, why you earn that title, why not use it? Hey buddy. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm around other people who are insisting on being called doctor, then yes, but, call me doctor as well. But otherwise, it's a bit formal. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna start lighthearted, so that because uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get a little deep today. Um, so Tony and Jess and I are gonna be kind of having a beginning conversation. We could we've already talked about how we could have many conversations related to the general topic of DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so if you hear us say DEI, that's that's kind of what we mean there. And so because DEI can be kind of a heavy topic, I'm going to set up some expectations for our conversation today. Um, so today we're going to be talking about DEI kind of generally and our own experiences with it, maybe some ways that we have improved uh, ourselves and the way we think and how we act related to diversity, equity, and inclusion issues um, and ways that we still have to grow. Um, so I, Emily, have been going to some workshops for DEI and engineering education this summer and at the beginning of every workshop, our leader reminds us of a few kind of expectations and ground rules and that's to listen to others, to be open to what they're saying, to share the floor with others, so basically one over X, um, to reflect on our discomforts and to expect non-closure. Um, so for those last two, a lot of, especially for people who are in majorities, so um, today we're gonna focus on race, so for white people, um, talking about race can be uncomfortable. And so we wanna acknowledge that, that it's uncomfortable to confront things and learn about the ways that society and in the U.S. and culture is, is fundamentally unfair to various groups of people. Um, and this is just like experiencing discomfort with any other negative feedback that we've talked about in Bell. Uh, it's certainly receiving it as uncomfortable, but listening and processing helps us grow and get better. Right. And, and we're going to make mistakes and we might say something that's incorrect um, because we're still learning, we're still improving. And, and if something's starting to get you hot and bothered, pause the episode, come back to it. You know what I mean? Just get out of that state of mind and come back. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I don't think we'll get there, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, so so discomfort. And then I do want to also mention, um, we're going to expect non-closure here. So basically, we're, we're not going to solve any, we're not solving all the problems in this conversation, and that's okay. Um, so we're just acknowledging that upfront. Uh, one other thing I want to acknowledge is diversity, equity, and inclusion can certainly include a variety of things not just race, but also gender, LGBTQ plus issues, mental health, neurodiversity, accessibility. And that's just like scratching the surface of diversity. Um, but we are gonna focus on race today, uh, uh, specifically due to some of the, the Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movements and protests that have going on this summer. Okay, so um, background from Emily. Uh, 
as, as I mentioned before, I've been, uh, even before the big BLM Black Lives Matter kickoff in, in end of May, beginning of June, there was a series of diversity, equity, and inclusion workshops hosted by an engineering education association this summer. And so I'd been attending those um, to kind of improve myself personally and professionally as an educator. And then, you know, things happened this summer. And so one of the things I did is I have um, as many of you know, I was a high school teacher on a, a Native American reservation, so I have former students and friends who are indigenous, and also certainly various black friends from undergrad, grad school, things like that. Uh, and so I kind of did a, in, in the month of June, I did kind of a personal check-in with a lot of those friends, just like, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do to support you um, personally? Because I know how this is, um, a lot of my friends reflected that June, this summer has been a mentally and emotionally taxing one in particular for them. This is something they deal with all the time, but especially now it's, it's difficult. And so I, uh, with their permission, have some quotes. I'm not going to name names, uh, but these are some things that my friends have said to me either via text or, um, or in person. Uh, so one friend told me it's complicity now. And I'm just really upset that I'm still explaining it to people. Um, and this was in reaction to the fact that uh, some people were still not seeing any problems with the way that uh, police brutality uh, happens disproportionately to black indigenous and people of color in the US. Um, another friend said, I'm just exhausted from everything. It's just a lot to mentally swallow. Um, this same friend a, a week later came back and said, it's, it reminded me it's not a comfortable feeling basically to address our, our own short or miss short shortcomings as white people. Right. So it's not a comfortable feeling, but know that people of color have been uncomfortable for years. I need you to become an ally. You have privilege and I really need you to take a role and step up in a way that you're comfortable with. This is especially true for my non-black friends that have racist friends and family members around them. I'm asking all of them to find a way to shoot down racism in a way that's comfortable for them, but you have to step up. And then specifically, we're not gonna get into DEI issues in engineering specifically as much today, but I did have some conversations with friends. Um, one black friend who was telling me about her, how her undergraduate engineering education experience was traumatic as often the only black person in her program and classes. Um, another friend who ex has, we've had a good conversation about how engineering culture inherently, historically and currently endorses and maintains white supremacy. Um, so those are various conversations I have been having, but that's just kind of to set the stage where for, for as, as uncomfortable as this might be for us as white people to talk about, uh, if you ever see BIPOC, that's Black Indigenous People of Color, have been living with this discomfort um, their whole lives. And so it's, it's, it's nothing for us to face the discomfort and reflect on it. Um, yeah, so that's my introduction. It's a long introduction. Uh, but now, now we're gonna kind of talk about how, how we have grown as people and the work that we still have to do and some of our perspectives. So enough of me for the moment. 
I, I keep getting a, my internet connection is unstable message, so we'll see how much uh -huh. you can hear me. So let me know if, we, if you lose me at any point or just pick up where I left off. Um, but yeah, there's obviously, there's always places to grow. Um, you know, I came like uh, uh, most of us, you know, that you're going to meet in the Bell program or at IRE. Most of us grew up in Minnesota where it's 80% white. Um, and then, you know, I came from OV, Minnesota, where I think it was probably closer to 99.7% white, you know. So you grow up and you you hear people say things, uh, you know, negatively. Um, and you hear that all the time. Your friends make jokes and, and you have no idea, you know. Um, and then you get in the real world a little bit, which, I mean, we're still in Minnesota. So, I mean, how real is it? <laughs> uh, but, you know that that being said i i've you know you just have to acknowledge that this this exists like you, you may not experience it because you're white and you may not have ever experienced it because you don't have any black friends and that's you know it's just the area we live in um so you don't you don't understand it so one of the one of my experiences with with this is coming from when i was sent to do methamphetamine remediation that was on a native american reservation i won't say which one because of um, confidentiality issues but um my my white engineer friends were like you got to be careful you know it's dangerous out there and you, you know there's lots of crime and there's all this you know all this and that and you know i just what i've always just walked into situations from a place of you know, humility like but confidence i guess i don't know if that makes you know i i don't show discomfort in situations like if you end up in the the quote unquote wrong area or whatever you don't just you know act like you're better than anyone and don't come at it you know from that angle i guess i've always just tried to treat people with respect i hope that people treat me with respect you know i I have tattoos and I have gauged ears and I chose to look this way. And I've, I've obviously experienced discrimination because of the way I look occasionally. And I am definitely not trying to compare that to anything that's, uh, you know, a, a person of color or someone in a, a community like the LGBTQ plus um, community experiences. I'm not trying to say that, but I, you know, it's it sucks when someone says uh you know i don't want to talk to you Be like i've literally had someone say i do not want to be helped by someone with tattoos you know when i worked in auto parts and you know it it hits you so I, I mean i can't imagine just you know waking up every day and being scared so or being like how am i gonna be treated today by the world you know i just i don't know i'll pass it off <laughs> It's uncomfortable, you know. I definitely had the pretty much the exact same upbringing as Tony, just a couple years after him. Uh, but yeah, we, you don't don't see much for for race in this area, other than Native Americans, and yeah, it's you grow up hearing weird things, and when you have family members or people that your elders, just people that you look up to, that just either like the joking phrases or things that they're actually serious about is it, when you grow up and you then you notice what it was don't get down on yourself 
for not knowing what you didn't know at the time. Like you didn't know it was bad or that it was inherently racist. So that's something that I've always had to keep in mind is that it's just like, you didn't know it then. So it's not like you were doing anything wrong, but identifying it and being able to make changes from there and saying something when you do hear it is what you can do moving forward. Yeah. I mean, not your, I mean, you did do something wrong, right? I mean, we've all, yeah. as a white person, I've definitely said terrible things and done ter terrible things when I was young because of, you know, you'd get into group think or whatever, and it's, it's not okay. I've often thought about how crappy of a person I was as a young person and, you know, just, well, I'll just take a lesson from that and move forward, you know, reflect on that and move forward. Don't just beat yourself up about it. Just understand that you just need to make improvements and you just have to be better. So don't just be better, right? Just ask we can the world. Do that be the episode. Just be better. Just be better. Hey, just I do it. Just do it. <laughs> Sorry, we kind of <laughs> stole Emily's thunder there, but oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I I have uh, I have said that to students. So remember, but instead of be better, just do better. Yeah. Be better. Um, yeah. So I had kind of a similar. Sim same thing, Northern Wisconsin, but yeah, it's, you know, all white community, pretty much the few non-white people in school were people who were like, you know, adopted by white families. And, and, and so I didn't really experience diversity in terms of race and ethnicity until I went to a Big Ten university, University of Wisconsin, which is still one of the whitest places, like even less white than my all white per, you know town i grew up in but still a very white campus right. um but yeah and so it was like i still remember you know the first time i heard about in college white privilege and realized especially as someone who grew up you know i grew up on a farm which is generally lower class um and grew up poor and and uh race and class privilege are two different things, but white people often conflate them. And so to realize that, yes, there were, that, that class privilege was not something I grew up with because I grew up poor, but that even as a poor, as a poor white person growing up, I still had white privilege. Right. Um, and, and, and the various ways, and, and you can find like various surveys and, and more information about white privilege out there about like the, that kind of point out, these are some, um, you know, things that you don't have to worry about as a, that white people don't have to worry about because they're white, that people of color do need to think about. Um, similarly, when I, you know, first learned about implicit and or sometimes are called unconscious biases, um, learning about microaggressions, which aren't necessarily, um, they're not necessarily like outward, like huge red flag kind of, you know, like saying the N word or something is not a microaggression. That's very right. explicitly racist, but there's uh, the, the, the phrase that goes with microaggression is death, death by a thousand cuts. Just the little things all the time that, that just kind of build up. And again, this can be for race or gender. Um, right. Microaggressions apply to you know, various uh, groups that are in the minority for whatever reason. A, a better way that I found that when someone explained that to me was like a backhanded comp compliment. Like you would never think this. I had this, some person said, you'd never think your house was so nice from the outside. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I know that's like a really different scale, but it's, a, you know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. 
or you're, you're so articulate, articulate is a really common one um, that black indigenous and people of color will like reference as like this, the, the token microaggression that we experience is, oh, you're so articulate. Um, with the you know implication being like oh you're not white therefore my default assumption is that you are not articulate you're such you're such a good representation um and so that's that's and so and so learning about these things white privilege implicit and unconscious biases and microaggressions and i realized that for some of you these might be new terms um like i said for me i've learned about these over time we could spend entire episodes of seminars and podcasts talking about any one of them but I just wanted to introduce them. And so learning about them did make me reflect on, you know, the advantages I have and some of the things that I had, like Justin said, like I had made mistakes in the past. I had done wrong things. And, you know, there's a certain level of, yeah, I felt discomfort and I felt guilt with that, but it, those are in the past. There's nothing I can do now about those things. Um, maybe make some apologies if I need to, right. but I need to move forward and be better and also call people out when I see them. And sometimes it's, you know, especially with things like microaggressions, it's usually that people just don't know. So, you know, it's not like people are being purposefully hurtful. It's just like, Hey, did you know, like that's kind of a backhanded, you know, right. insults. Maybe that's not the best thing to say or do. And, and that brings up a really good point. I, I think if you come at, if you don't tell people that they're doing something wrong, if you come at it like, maybe you didn't know, but the, you know this is how that's, this is what that is. This is how this can be interpreted. Um, if you're on the receiving end of that, you know, like it just come at it from a place of respect and humility. You know, like no one likes to get negative feedback, and this is mm -hmm. negative feedback at its deepest and I don't know most potent, I guess. So sorry to sorry to interrupt. No, that's good. I was finishing up, so that was perfect. Um, but you know, you made a great point. There's there's tons of you know. It sucks that it sucks that we're some of us were made aware of this so deeply, and it because of horrific events. But because of that, there's a lot more resources that have been come become available, and people are, you know creating resources for you to learn more about this and actually emily has compiled quite a extensive list of of some free resources um, that you could take advantage of that we are going to post with this episode um in the uh podcast semin seminar uh classroom which if if you're outside of our organization and you're listening to this thanks for listening uh, i know that this goes out far and wide and people might stumble into our community and hear this and I apologize that you don't have access to our resources, but, um, you know, know that they're out there and you can find them. If you, you do some basic Google searching. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What else did you want to share? I didn't mean to like wrap it up or anything. I guess just, I mean, this is, as you this was kind of a short, like, well, it felt short. Again, in, in context, there's a lot that we could talk about related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we just wanted to, we want to acknowledge that, as, as Tony said, some really horrific, I mean, the horrific things that came to light this summer are things that have been happening in the U.S. forever. I mean, right. 
police were established, like the original police forces in the 1800s were established to find escaped slaves. And, you know, like that's the, that's the, that's the origin of police. Um, and so like, si since forever, <laughs> this has been, um, so, so bad things have been happening for a long time, but uh, they've certainly come to light more in recent years and especially the summer. And so for some of you, this might be new, um, but you got to start somewhere and, and we're always trying to improve ourselves. And so um, we certainly did not cover everything today and that's okay. Um, but it's a starting point. I do want to kind of give some highlights from the document that we're going to talk about. But before I do that, is there anything else that you wanted to add, Justin? I'm, I'm honestly good at this point. I'm interested to see what, what students have to say. Like call in or write to us. Let us know. Um, yeah, what, what have you experienced? Where, where have you had aha moments on this topic? Where, where do you find yourselves in this, in this equation? That's, I'm, right. I'm interested to find yeah, what, what it is like from their perspective, too. Right. And if, if you want to do that in the form of the voicemail on the, the Anchor website for the podcast, that's great. We do have that Google form, and you can remain anonymous. You can share whatever story you want, and we will not say your name if you choose us. That we don't. And so this is how we learn. We learn from each other. Um, we, we all have different experiences, and we're all at different, you know, we talk about the helix, and I, I like to think of it as a spiral staircase. We might all be on different floors of the house, but we're all using that same staircase. So you can keep going up and keep, you know, doing better as has come up a couple of times. Okay. So um, just quick kind of high level overview of the document that will be shared with additional resources. I, I do want to acknowledge that there's kind of a few different ways to, um, I'll call them categories of anti-racist actions. So listening and educating yourself, getting involved, which includes things like uh, contacting government officials, um, signing petitions, protesting, that kind of stuff, and donating. Um, the document, all three of those are mentioned in the document, but the document specifically focuses on listening and educating yourself. If you want more resources related to getting involved in donating, please let us know. I, I have a bunch of those compiled as well. Um, but for starting, I wanted to kind of just give you some resources related to listening and educating yourself. Um, and then in that list of resources, there's, uh, there's actually like a few highlighted, but then there's even more lists of resources. So between all the things we're recommending, we've recommended some videos, books, um, articles, podcasts, um, and they, they range from, you know, some of the videos recommended are like super basic like introductory things for those of you who are at that stage. So Tony recommends uh, systemic racism explained. Yep. Um, did you want to say anything about that, Tony? Or no, I just it's four minutes and twenty three seconds, and it's it's very eye opening. That, you know, and and it's good to watch it any any level of what you're doing because it it breaks it down in in a very in simple terms, so it's easy to explain to someone else as well. So you can use those strategies to you know in those com uncomfortable conversations that we're talking about um, when you're in, in, you know, gently correcting someone, you know, you can use this type of terminology and ex explanation. So I think it's good. Yeah. So that's an example of a video. Um, another one of the links we have has links to videos like just what is 
implicit bias. I know we've kind of mentioned that here, but if you want to know more, what's the difference between diversity and inclusion? Um, so we've been throwing around those terms. They're not synonyms. They are actually right. different. Um, they're related, but they are different. And so there's there's resources as, as basic as just like definitional, I'm super new to this. And then there's resources that are a little bit more, um, you've got the, the this, you've got the basic vocabulary now start building some some frameworks and uh so yeah so we've got some various resources there again please reach out to us um if you have if you want more if you want to have you know more conversations we're gonna we're gonna keep we are gonna keep talking about this throughout various podcasts and seminars um but we welcome your input as well absolutely thank you thanks emily you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Should we finish on like a lighter note? Or do you want to just end it right there? Uh, do you have a lighter note to finish on? Yeah. You know, have you ever heard of joggers? Like the pants? Yes. I'm like, I found khaki joggers. They're like the best things I've ever seen. Like, are they, are they stretchy jeans? Basically, yeah. stretchy khakis? They, they're like wearing sweatpants, but they're khakis. So. But then they gather at the ankle. Yeah. That's a key feature of joggers, is that they're like sweatpants, but they gather at the ankle. Yeah. So ah. I said, because I tried on joggers, I tried on a pair of joggers once for the first time last year. I was at, I was like, oh, I'm leaving Purdue. I should get some Purdue gear. So I went to a store and like in the sales section, they had joggers. And I put on, you know, I went to the dressing room, put on joggers. And I, I ended up sending a Snapchat to my siblings and I was just like, in case anyone was wondering, uh, the answer to the question of can Emily pull off joggers is absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not for you. Oh, that's funny. Not getting these because I did not look cool. You know, <laughs> you find that a lot with clothes that are just come in like sizes, like medium, large, you know, small, like, you, you know, if you if it works you're lucky you know mm -hmm. like i always get shirts that are either too wide to be long enough or too short to be to be to fit right so because i don't have enough money to go get tailored clothes but i do my best <laughs> you dress kind of quite a... well tony with what you got oh thanks so good job i shop goodwill a lot honestly so Perfect. That was a different, I mean, that's a completely change of tone at the end there. That's okay. So, I mean, I guess that's all we have for this week, but we, like Emily said, we're going to come back to this. We're going to keep climbing the stairs and going up the floor. So, buckle up. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. We'll see you all next week. Yep. How can people interact with the podcast? And if they have any questions or topics that they want us to cover, how do we do that? So there's actually two ways that um, you can do this. So you can download the Anchor app uh, from the Google Play or App Store, uh, whatever device you tr choose to use, or, or go to the webpage. Um, so actually on the, on the podcast page, there's a button to leave a voice message. Um, and then the other um, way to interact with us is actually going into the seminar classroom 
and um, filling out um, a submission in the Google form. And that's actually how the question of the day for episode two uh, came to us. So again, so you can either leave us a voice message or fill out that Google form and we look forward to hearing you. Oh, most certainly. Pow. Pow.